0: hi there this is the woman inspired podcast i'm karen and i would greatly appreciate it if you would go out like follow and definitely share this podcast with someone else as well as download it if you have time i appreciate it those download numbers do matter especially when it comes to sponsors and uh, people interested in helping me pay for producing this podcast like access more dot com that's right you can go out there and see all kinds of and listen to new podcasts see all kinds of new podcasts yeah there's lots of people out there and some faith leaders some thought leaders educators theologians entertainers you name it they've got it out there in a really safe space you can just go out peruse click on something that you think you might enjoy I guarantee you there's something out there for everybody. It's a really great si- site. It's a really great site. So if you'll go out there, check it out, accessmore.com, I would appreciate it. All right, today's episode is titled New Distractions. Let me preface this and say not New Year Attractions or New Year New You, uh, but New New Distractions. This is not a rah, rah, happy new year to you. Let's set up a, a goal of losing weight together or guiding you through a personal plan to turn your life around into something that, you know, seems more glamorous and socially appropriate than it is now uh, kind of podcast. No, that's not what this episode is about. Uh, believe you me, if you want a podcast like that, there are many out there. Some are good. There are a few that are really good. And then there are others that are. Well, what I would consider carrots dangling you along in order to tempt you to buy the latest, greatest, newest system or masterclass or program that will surely fulfill all your dreams. It'll turn you into a multi-mega millionaire, uh, make you look super thin and healthy and at least help you look like one person stripped straight from the tabloids of Hollywood right? Or a Netflix magazine, movie, magazine, whatever. They have a magazine too. But anyway, straight from a movie. If you want those kinds of podcasts that tell you all of that kind of stuff that drag you into to purchasing this thing and that thing and that thing and tempting you into uh, what the world considers the perfect life, they are out there. But this is not that podcast. (laughs) Um, This is not one of those episodes either Uh, not that I have those kind of episodes but the woman inspired podcast in itself is typically a smack of reality scripture infused and with a dose of humor about myself and humanity perspective uh, all according to what God puts in my old noggin and what I observe in my daily life sometimes it's humdrum or, or what some people might consider humdrum. Sometimes it's hilarious. Sometimes it's deep and very serious. I'd say that that's pretty much the average ordinary human life, isn't it, though? Sometimes humdrum, sometimes deep and serious, sometimes hilarious. Highs and lows, bumps and curves, U-turns to navigate and mountains to climb. And, and this particular episode is no different, except in this episode, we're talking about distractions. With that in mind, let me share some pod quotes with you to kick off this episode. Okay, I have no idea who said these except I'm going to say them right now, but I didn't make them up. Don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of the Lord. Don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of the Lord. Sounds like sound advice to me. Uh, And then this one really hits home for me. If the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. Oh, that really does resonate with me. If the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. I've found this last one, this last pod quote, to be so true. Because if he can't destroy you, he's going to find a way to distract you. Now, it only took me many, many years to realize just how much Satan and the world and even my own brain could place distractions in my way in order to keep me from the calling on my life um and kind of keep me from the path that I knew God wanted me to be on Uh, yes I I did include in that uh, little list there my own brain (laughs) as a list of a distraction expert my brain can do that because even though my desire is to be smack dab in the middle of God's appointment for me Subconsciously and sometimes fully aware, to be quite honest, awake and conscious to it, I sabotage myself by allowing myself and my own thoughts and fears and desires to become a distraction. So, let me know if you could relate to this. You know, you have things you're supposed to do, goals that God has clearly shown you over time that He wants you to fulfill, that He wants you to, f- to fulfill, but instead, You feel obligated to other people. So you let those obligations get in the way of what God has called you to do. Now I'm not talking about the obligations and the responsibilities that come from the blessings that he's given you, like taking care of your family, making sure you have family time, spending time with them, taking care of yourself, those kinds of things. I'm just talking about the other things that people put on you that you feel obligated to do, or maybe they make you feel obligated to do. So you let those obligations get in the way of what God has called you to do. Or you feel tired, you're worn out, and you feel like you're not good enough to walk out the plan that you know full well God placed on your heart and spirit. So you let the world around you distract you. Or even you listen to your fears and you have convinced yourself that maybe that thing or that path wasn't actually God's calling because there's no way God would lead you down a road that might be that difficult or scary. Oh, does that sound familiar? <laughs> Sometimes I've become distracted out of a lack of faith, going to be honest with you. It's hard for me not to be because on um, it's just my thing. Um, probably brutally sometimes. So, so I apologize for that, but I think it's important because I didn't have enough faith at one time, not enough faith in God to, to take me where he, I thought he was supposed to take me or he said he was going to take me. So let me just back up and rephrase that because it might not have made sense to you, even though it made sense in my head. I didn't have enough faith in God to take care of me along the journey that I felt he was calling me to. So I decided I'd better go another way instead to make sure I had enough money, enough time, enough titles or accolades to keep me afloat rather than have faith that on the journey that God was calling me to, that he would fulfill all those needs. I lacked faith. So I decided I had to go around acting like I needed to be in control every second, even though creator was already in control, but I decided that wasn't good enough. I've had times in my life where I didn't leave room for God to move. I took matters into my own hands because I let fear and doubt distract me. I let the worry of my journey and how it would affect me or others or how, how that journey would look to others even distract me from the journey itself. I let the fear of falling on my face distract me And, um, I have had times, not often because I'm not a very money oriented person, but I had had times where I let the desire for money or the fear of not having money control and distract me. Does any of that sound familiar? I'm hoping it doesn't because I would hate for you to have been in that place, but I'm guessing many of you have also lived through this or might be in the middle of it. Now you're distracted by fear, doubt, worry, concerns about worldly things and how others think and feel towards you or how you might be perceived by them. Not sure about you, but I've had times in my life also when I've just completely sidestepped what God expected of me so I could step into what others expected of me. Sounds like a Hallmark movie, right? (laughs) Ooh, a guy wants so much to go down his own path, open a bakery and follow what's on his heart, but he feels obligated to take on the family construction business. So he cares more about what others expect of him and what his parents think of him instead of what God told him to do. So he stays working in construction until... Somewhere in there, he runs into an old, long-lost love who moved away, works for a marketing firm, and has to come back to her hometown to buy that old bakery building and tear it down, and so they run into each other. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but other than that, you get my point. You see, we can allow distractions to take the place of Jesus in our lives. We definitely can. Everything from daily ups and downs to enticements to gain something else, something of the world. Can distract us have you ever heard the saying the devil in blue jeans it's basically a modern metaphor for 2 Corinthians 11:14 that tells us that Satan comes disguised as an angel of light if we aren't careful if we aren't in relationship with the Lord and in his word so we have discernment and knowledge then we can easily fall for that devil in blue jeans it looks good to us on the outside but it's actually a devil in disguise Satan's trickery. That person might look mighty nice in those blue jeans, but he or she looking good doesn't mean that he or she might not be the devil. I definitely don't and won't give Satan credit though for being the master of my fate or the sole proprietor of my mistakes. Not at all. Every path that I went down that I shouldn't have been down was not a devil in blue jeans leading me that way. He doesn't get credit for anything except being the author of fear and lies, but he will definitely use those fears and lies to try to distract me from what matters most. Let me see. Do any of these fearful lies sound familiar to you? I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I can't do that. It would be too hard. No one would understand if I do that. I can't step out and do that. What would others think of me? I have too many people relying on me to go that way instead. I don't look the part. I don't have anyone to support me in this. Everyone will think I'm crazy. It's so easy to allow worldly lies like those to, to become our full on distractions. These lies become hearkened to the forefront of your day on a daily basis when you're being attacked by Satan or life in the world around you keeps pum- pummeling you with these lies. To take over your mind and your decision making. And when you allow that to happen, you have just allowed yourself to veer off the path that God set before you. As soon as you do that, you're almost always just one step away from losing your way completely. The good news is there's good news and Jesus has a hold of you. You know, we can even let distractions keep us from staying peaceful and protecting. Just our everyday peace and the time and blessings we have in it. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's take the Christmas holiday, for instance. A lot of people get so distracted with spending money, wrapping gifts and showing off what they have, or or maybe even one-upping someone else on their gift giving, that they forget the real meaning of Christmas, which is celebrating the day that we mark uh, Jesus's birth. So some people allow the thrill of bargain hunting and and label shopping even to become their god at Christmas time. They allow the worldly trappings of Christmas to distract them from the true meaning of Christmas and from the time they have with loved ones. In our household this year, we were thrown a whole set of new distractions. (laughs) I mean, distraction upon distraction, one after the other. And yet, I have to say, after the second or third distraction, we got a clue we got a clue that we needed to stay prayed up and overcome because it just got to the point. It was almost ridiculous. At first we were tense and it started, um, us taking it out on each other. We were disagreeing over stupid things, not communicating well and starting to really get to a point where like, this is nuts and we don't care if we communicated well. We almost got to the point the first day in our four-day distraction marathon where we had the whole, why even care if we celebrate Christmas or not, attitude heading our way. We really did. There's too, There was just too much going on. It was depressing. But praise God, we rallied. We remembered to put our eyes back on Jesus and we didn't let these new distractions take us down. And I say new distractions because we've always got the same old, same old distractions, don't we? We're tempted to get on social media and ignore uh, family time. We're tempted to just um, sleep all day if we're exhausted or stressed. We're tempted to get ourselves caught up in conversations that have nothing to do with peace in the moment or celebrating Christmas or this and that. We're tempted to just get caught up in the idea of gift giving and gifts and, and who did this and that those are the the regular distractions. These were new distractions. (laughs) Now, do I believe that Satan had his little pesky hands in every distraction? Did he design every little thing that went wrong over a four day period? No, he doesn't credit, get credit for those um, life experiences and trials, not in my world, Um, which my world is God's world because there is only one world. So not in the world, not in, in the heavenly realm, not in the, the king of kings creation. Does Satan get that credit? <laughs> but did evil try to use the crazy series of seemingly nonstop stressful events to distract us from focusing on the important things? Yes. Yes, evil did. And being able to discern and recognize that, staying prayed up and keeping our eyes on the light instead of on the darkness was key. For us being able to hold on to peace in the middle of all of it. In the middle of all of what? Again, so glad you asked. (laughs) Let's see. Like many people across the U.S., we got socked with below freezing temperatures. Um, We had ice and snow that put us all pretty much in a gridlock. And even though we kept our faucets dripping, half of our house lost water for five days. Four and a half days, really, due to the pipes freezing. So we kept focusing, though, know, on the fact that, praise God, we had one bathroom that worked still, and we had buckets to fill to bring water back and forth to the kitchen. It wasn't the worst case scenario by any means. The house was quite cold, though. So we ended up putting more than one set of line drapes over some of the windows, and that took quite a bit of time because we were trying to keep the cold out. And when we did that, we found out that we had some broken windows. Um, and we had a couple that were slightly open and wouldn't close correctly because they were broken. They are now fixed, thankfully. So in the meantime, one end of our house lost emergency heat and the thermostat broke so it wouldn't heat above 62 degrees for four days when we had temperatures that were below zero with wind chills of 30 below. That's not so bad in the summer, the 62 degrees, but a different kind of cold in the winter altogether. We had, we had a space heater going, though, so thankful for that. But the breaker kept blowing, and the heater ended up causing a small fire. Yeah, melted the outlet and the wires inside it. Praise God, we caught it in time. Thankfully, my husband is an electrician, and we had what we needed to rewire the outlet and fix things. So then this horrendous smell overtook half of the house we could, the half of the house that we were actually staying in, and, and got unbearable on Christmas morning. It was enough. Unbelievable. Think about, um, I don't know, really dirty sweat socks mixed with rancid food, shoved in a garbage can and set outside in 95 degree weather for five days. That's a little bit of what it smelled like. It was stronger than that. We thought it was the septic and maybe the bathroom vent pipe was clogged on that end of the house because when my husband went to check it, he could see that it was completely encased in ice outside up on the top of the roof. But we didn't have the right kind of ladder to put up on an icy roof to take care of it. So we were stuck until it melted off after, you know, it was like a day and a half later that it melted off. So the next morning though, we realized the smell was much more greatly concentrated in one part of the house. This is after my husband had made calls to people on Christmas day. We're sorry. Um, And the day after again, we're sorry. We know you were trying to enjoy your, (laughs) enjoy your Christmas. Um, But the smell was unbelievable. So (laughs) the next, that next morning we realized that smell was uh, really again, more greatly concentrated in one part of the house. And lo and behold, We had a possum family burrowing up under the edge of the house, under the deck at the back door, trying to stay warm. Oh, they stink to high heaven anyway. I knew that, but this was stronger than anything, I guess, as they emit heat. Of course, there were several of them under there. They emit heat. Um, they smell even stronger. You know, they're trying to keep warm. So sorry for the possums, happy for my nose. We were able to spray vinegar all around and within a few hours they completely gone and so was the smell, Woo-hoo! <laughs> which is good. We were trying to maintain doing everything we could during all of this time um, because not only did that happen, but I hurt my back a few days before Christmas. It popped out of place Um and I was in bad pain. I still am. Um, more detailed than that, but that's okay. But I, I'm trying to maintain all of that, doing everything that we could, including rescheduling visits with our kids and other people due to the weather and travel issues, coordinating, re-coordinating. It it was just nuts. And and backing up to the first day of the storm. Um, on that first day, a friend of my husband's was taken to the ER. Um, he had a heart issue and a stroke and he has since passed. So it was a very sad time for many people who loved him and, and people who were touched by him. So all of this, these challenges, and I'll just put it out there. these was just to name a few. It was one thing after another. Yeah, this is not the whole list of the distractions that were thrown at us in concentration this season. But even just these I have named made Christmas much more challenging this year because at first we were sinking our attitudes our spirits sinking and then it came to us thankfully at the same time to my my husband and I we we needed to just stop and pray we did that many times over a four-day period more than we usually do we just stopped and prayed and it made all the difference in the world We could have easily let all these challenges, stressors, and life occurrences take us over and take us under, distract us from what we knew we should stay focused on. We could have sat in sorrow and grief and self-pity or anger and just not communicated with God or each other. We could have said we didn't want to celebrate anything and just go back to bed and, and sleep all day, but we didn't. And throughout those four days we were overcome with peace. We watched movies. We talked. We listened to music and sang. We prayed. We thanked God that we had this time together, which we didn't think we were going to get because we had honestly scheduled ourselves to the hilt. It was ridiculous. Um, We listened to sermons. We played cards. We ate and we worked to remember that Christmas isn't about a whole list of events and things to do or gifts to give and huge meals to partake of. (laughs) It's not about hot running water and 70 degrees on the thermostat. It's not about getting our own way or forgetting that life is is filled with things that challenge us and threaten to completely distract us from the peace that's offered to us through Jesus Christ and what can pass and that can pass all all human understanding. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how could we ever have peace and even joy in the middle of all that? But we did. And some people had many stressors and issues, a whole lot more and more difficult than we we did, than we could ever imagine, I'm sure. Like all those people who were stuck in airports away from everybody, sleeping on the floor for three days. People who don't have a home, sleeping on the streets. We didn't even have that. We had challenges and stresses in our own right, but we had peace because we made sure that we didn't get distracted by those ups and downs, even though it wasn't always easy. <laughs> We had physical pain, discomfort, sadness from not seeing people we thought we would see, sadness and grief over a friend. And, and we didn't get to, to do some of our normal traditions like going to the live nativity and um, the Christmas Eve candlelight service, which we love. But in the end, we didn't really miss all that stuff. We just ended up doing things in a different way. And in some ways, it was much more meaningful because we kept our ourselves focused on what we should keep ourselves focused on. All these new distractions and and distractions, whether they're new or old at Christmas time or any other day of the year, if we allow them to become our focus, that means we're allowing them to consume our lives instead of being consumed by the things of God. And if we do that, allow old and new distractions to consume us, we kind of easily, little by little, drift away from God this is why we have to keep our eyes focused on him. Satan always tries his best to just distract us. And and when we get serious about having fellowship with the Lord, he will try to distract us even more. You know, when you try to spend quiet time or concentrated prayer or, or time reading the Bible, the phone always rings if you have it on. The sounds in the house sound louder or they bother you more. Or or maybe your thoughts start to race. It happens to me. Does any of that sound familiar? These are distractions. Don't be afraid, though. Don't be afraid because you're not alone. This is normal. This is human. But we have hope. James 4.8 says that when you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. If you make the effort, he will meet you wherever you are, even in the middle of the distractions. And he'll help you keep those distractions from keeping you from him and from the path that he's calling you to. He will help you stop those distractions so you can keep on growing a healthy prayer life and and a healthy relationship with him. You know, the term distraction simply means a thing that allows our attention to be drawn away from something else. And that is high on Satan's agenda, isn't it? Throwing things in our way to draw us away from Jesus and living the kind of life day in and day out that we're called to in his word to live distracting us, trying to keep us from having the right attitude, the right mindset, the right heart set, and stay focused on the Lord. But the good news is that we have good news, the good news of Jesus, because he promises that he's with us always. He promises that if we draw nearer to him, he will draw nearer to us. Interestingly enough, um, if you look up the definition of distraction, you'll also see a list of synonyms for distraction. Some of those uh, synonyms I thought were, were great were confusion, bamboozled, tangled, mystification, foggy. When I read those, I thought, wow. Those describe very well the way I feel when I become distracted from God and what I know he's calling me to do, whether it's in the moment or, or the step-by-step he calls me to take to reach those goals he's put on my heart and mind. When I become distracted, if I stray from those steps and allow any kind of old or new distraction to get to me, I easily get confused. I get tangled up in other things and I become foggy headed. I'm unable to think or see clearly. First Corinthians thirteen twelve talks about how we don't yet see things clearly. It's like we're squinting in a foggy pe- mist kind of peering in, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright because we'll see it all then. We'll see it as clearly as God sees us now. So we need to hold on to that hope. That's one hope we have to live for and the hope of things to come in in heaven and and that is to. Those are hopes that are worth holding on to, but let us strive even harder in the process. In the meantime, in the waiting on our way, not to fall prey to the distractions that lie in wait for us. Let us keep ready on the path that we're called to. I pray that you and I will both work throughout this new year in a personal relationship with our Lord, that we will work to make sure that the enemy won't destroy or distract us. Thank you for tuning into the woman inspired podcast. If you want to follow me out on Instagram, I'd love it. Just look for one woman inspired. That's the number one followed by woman inspired. You can also go out to my website, womaninspired.com and find all of the information out there on how to schedule me to speak at your next event. Or if you want to interview me on your podcast, if you have one, refer me to someone else's that would be fantastico okay so thank you so much for tuning in I hope you have a blessed week